you know, you know what I love about um like like two of the tool, tools that we use to record this podcast. Mm-hmm. One of them is QuickTime and one of them is iTunes. Mm-hmm. And and in both QuickTime and iTunes, we use features of the the software that are like tiny hidden forgotten features that nobody knows about anymore. Yes. So like in QuickTime, you know, well, I mean first I mean QuickTime just the name itself is a name from like the late 90s or something. It's mm-hmm. an ancient piece of software that for the most part you know you don't have any reason to use at all, but it happens to have the ability to record audio, high quality audio directly from a USB audio interface. I, I agree. And, and even, even though it can do that, it's not even designed to do that. So like when you open QuickTime, the first thing it wants to do is open a file. So if you navigate to a different window while it still has that open file dialog up, it actually shuts down the software. And then if you try and go back, there's no more QuickTime. So you have to relaunch QuickTime close that window and then create new files. It's, it's very, very bizarre. Yeah, but it, it's not the only way to do that. I mean, if you want to record some sounds or some music, it's not the only way to use my native operative system application. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think like, uh, I mean, I know people on Windows use Audacity a lot. Um, yeah. I think it's just, the thing about QuickTime is it's built in and in theory it's kind of easy, but uh, I see your eyebrow raised for that one. <laughs> and the other tool is like so iTunes right iTunes when I, when I was researching how to encode mp3 files it turns mm-hmm. out that uh, Apple actually licenses one of the best mp3 encoders and it also happens to be incredibly fast so uh, there's a way to encode mp3 files using this incredibly good uh, mp3 encoder with iTunes but it talk about hidden within the interface it's it's definitely not what that piece of software is made for. Mm, I see, I see. But then everybody can decode that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's a standard MP3 file. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's also, cool. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm using this like 2015 MacBook, MacBook One, like the 15-inch MacBook, and it can encode like an hour and a half audio file in like a minute and a half. It's, nice. it's really impressive. Yeah, very nice. So with that out of the way... Hi, Sergio, and welcome to Harajuku Data Lake. Hello. So this is going to be a very special episode because it's actually our penultimate episode for season one. So we started this as an experiment uh, about two months ago, and we've done nine pretty focused technical episodes about uh, specific topics. And now for episode 10, we want to talk a little bit about what it was like to record the podcast, uh, sort of our notes on how this experiment went. Uh, ironically, this might actually be our most listened podcast because <laughs> because of the uh, because we we bought some advertising uh, towards the end of the sponsorship run uh, towards the end of the podcast run, and so we actually have as of today 117 subscribers on uh, Overcast. So it's very exciting. If you have any feedback, definitely say hi. But uh, mm-hmm. listen listen back to all the previous episodes to see what this podcast actually is. So uh, the other reason that we're not recording uh, two weeks ago is that, uh, Sergio, how have you been? Well, I have been with influenza, that is like with fever, with have been weak. Uh, you, you can listen to my voice, that is completely broken. So I have been like one week already like this, and I don't know how long it's going to take. I'm going to try to take some medicines now, but yeah, shogunai. Shogunai, yeah. 
And you know what? The other thing is that you're actually uh, the reason we have to record today is because you're heading to Mexico next week or tomorrow yeah, well, actually. Yeah, tomorrow I'm flying to Mexico for two weeks. So let's do it now or never. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to Mexico before? No, no. This is the first time that they go to America. I haven't been in America, North, South, South wow. Middle. So it's the first time. Wow, it's going to be exciting. Well, I, I yeah. hope you have a wonderful time. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Thank you. Where, where are you flying through? Do uh, you mean the airline? Uh, like, uh, do you like, is, oh, you, I think you said it was a direct flight. Yes, yes, it's a direct flight to Mexico DF. And from there, I'm going to, to several places, to uh, Playa del Carmen, Queretaro. Yeah. Wow. So I will move a little bit around there. Wow. Well, yes, and I hope you have a great trip. Thanks. So uh, back back to the podcast. So to go back to the beginning, basically, uh, I, Morris, listen to a lot of podcasts and like uh, maybe five or six hours of podcasts a week. And so it's definitely, it's my sort of main sort of main bit part media that I consume. So I've always been interested in doing a podcast and sort of experimenting with what that was like. So, well, the, the original concept for the podcast was, uh, so, so Sergio and I go to lunch several days a week and uh, I really liked talking with Sergio at lunch and he had a lot of uh, really interesting things to say. So the original concept was it would be a five to 10 minute podcast called Hey Sergio. And in Hey Sergio, I would play the role of the junior engineer and I would ask like a technical question and Sergio would give us a quick explanation or some strong opinion about one specific topic. And the funny thing is that originally when I was proposing this, I think Sergio, you thought that maybe like 15 minutes would actually be quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It turns out uh, 15 minutes is not a long time at all. And these podcasts have gone from like being in intending to be 20 minutes to intending to be 30 minutes to crossing the hour mark to crossing the hour and a half mark. Mm -hmm. So that was the original concept. We decided on the name Harajuku Data Lake uh, to sort of incorporate the area that we live and work in, Harajuku, as well as uh, this data lake concept. The idea was that uh, we were, I was looking at this YouTube video of a computing computer show from the 1980s that was just called Database. And I like the idea of a word that would have been, that is so generic and kind of meaningless today, but that was a unique enough word in the 1980s that people would think that it was actually unique enough to have a TV show called Database. Mm -hmm. The logo art, we initially had two concepts for logo art. There was my crazy concept that I made on an iPad in 20 minutes at like 3 a.m. And it was way too crazy. So then Sergio said, no, 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 no. Let's, how, how, about, how about we at least put the, the title in legible font? And uh, mm -hmm. Sergio created a version. And that was probably what we were going to go with. But then uh, this guy that we know was just like, hey, he was listening to some of the, the preview episodes. He said, hey, can I, can I make you a logo? And I said, sure. And he's a, Alex is a professional designer. And so he created our current logo in, I think, literally 10 minutes. And it was worlds, worlds better than both <laughs> my logo and Sergio's logo. And incor it incorporates elements from both of those. So yeah. thank you again, Alex, for that. Now we also have uh, custom icons for us. So <laughs> in Slack, we can use these icons in the company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got the Morris icon. You've got the Sergio icon. <laughs> That's cool. It, it's really cool. 
Uh, I asked one of my friends, Shun, who makes uh, Picotune, if he wanted to compose a song for us. And so that's where we got our 10-second theme song. Uh, so thank you again, Shun, for creating that. So th- this podcast is basically an experiment. We didn't come into it with the idea of making money or having any specific result. But sort of the results I was looking for were, you know, I did want to get to know Sergio a little bit better. I wanted to experiment with the technology of podcasting. And I wanted to try using some of the technology that we have available to us. Like today we have, we have all this technology around us all the time. And most of it we use for consumption activities. I, I read articles on my iPad or my iPhone. I listen to podcasts all the time. But there's, I don't spend very much time creating things. So I really wanted to try and use some of the technology that we have to actually create something new. So the process that we have is a pretty standard podcast process. Uh, we have a topic list on Google Docs. For each episode, we also have a separate uh, Google Doc that we sketch out an agenda. Ironically, despite the fact that we have like this long list of topics and like a very like very well done per episode topic, the process for actually deciding what topic we're going to talk about in an episode is very much like at the end of the previous episode after we're done recording, uh, Sergio will say, so what are we going to talk about next week? Or I'll say, so what are we going to talk about next week? And one of us will just say, oh, let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what is curious for me is that in the moment that we did the Docker one, I think that you were who prepared the agenda. And after that one, I got more kind of like, oh, I, I didn't like so much, so I am going to improve the, but <laughs> after that. And in that, after that moment, it's the, me who prepared the agenda. And I, I prepared in a way that it was the kind of question and then, okay, what we can talk about this, no? So it was like, okay, we're going to talk about, I don't know, I don't remember, but maybe, uh, mm, yeah, whatever question. And you focus in that question and then you change to the next one. So you get more uh, kind of uh, split, not segment by different uh, topics. You don't mix everything in one question and you start talking about it. It says you organize, I think what's very important, the order. Because if you want to mm-hmm. know about, for example, uh, serverless, you want to understand what is serverless and what are the concepts, the good things, the bad things before going deeper to the kind of uh, history on anecdotes. Mm. So th- this was very important for me, the order in the podcast. Mm. So I actually think that like uh, it's sometimes nice to have a, a completely organic format to a podcast, like mm-hmm. where we just sort of, but, but at the same time, if we're trying to cover a specific topic like Docker or serverless, yeah. it's definitely helpful to have like a, a, have a plan of how we're going to approach that topic. Yeah, because for the listener, it's easier. It's the same that when you do slides and you start with no goal, you don't have a problem to solve. So the people who is in the talk is like, but what do I expect later? No, it's like, I'm here. I'm going to be one hour, but what, what are you talking about? No, it's like, mm-hmm. what do you want to solve? So I think with the podcast, we try to uh, do it better. And for me, it was better. Like, okay, let's do in blocks no not mm. about everything and without any sense because the people who is listening i think you have to say several times what you are talking about because maybe you are listening but you are doing another task so you want mm. to really repeat what you are saying yeah that was another thing that sort of came out in the process of doing the podcast is that different people have different ways of listening to podcasts so this will this is jumping into the the promotion section of what we wanted to talk about but uh you know, they're, they're, for the most part, people don't listen to podcasts. And one thing I immediately learned is that 
if somebody doesn't listen to podcasts, it's almost it's basically completely pointless to ask them to listen to your podcast because you know it, it's not part of their routine. And the idea of sort of you, you give them this like hour and a half audio file, and it's like, what are they supposed to do with it? Like, unless you have a place in your like, if you unless you have a place in your week to listen to that, the idea of sitting down listening to a podcast without doing anything is very very bizarre so there are people who don't listen to podcasts at all then there are uh what i would call like relatively active podcast listener listeners so like when i listen to podcasts i will be doing something like cooking or cleaning or taking a shower or doing something that doesn't particularly occupy my mind so and i'll if i hear something that i didn't quite catch i'll often jump back maybe 15 seconds in a podcast to re-listen to it uh, what i didn't know is that there are actually a lot of people that are what i would call passive podcast listeners so there are a few people in, people in our office, for example, that just listen to podcasts all day long as they work as kind of background uh, noise. And they'll, they'll tune in throughout the podcast for specific bits, but they're not actually actively listening to every single word that we say. I also know other people, somebody that we may, if we have a season two, we may invite on to the next uh, season uh, who works in the game industry. And he, he does the same thing with YouTube vid- videos. So, you know, while he's working in the video game industry, he's often watching YouTube videos about the video game industry kind of in like a, a bottom corner of the screen. Yeah, yeah, you are right, you are right. I think it's very dif- difficult to change the way of life of a person. No? For example, in my case, I don't really listen too much to podcasts, but right now I got a little bit more engaged. But you have to organize your life because you don't have this gap, no? this space for podcast even you are doing another thing humans we try to focus we are better to focus to multitasking so i think that if you are in the shower listening to the podcast well for me it, it's weird but maybe you got to the point that you are able to do that no but in my life i need to to find the place where i'm going to the office and um, i don't know when i'm before sleeping or i have to find the place and if you don't have this place it's more difficult to reach to the people. The people that they have already this kind of a slot in their life for doing that podcast thing, it's easier not to reach them. Well, and you even live quite close to the office. So you, you certainly, yes. I think you live like a five minute walk away, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so there, there's no like commute there to listen to a podcast either. Exactly, exactly. That's it. Yeah, when I'm listening in the shower, like sometimes I'll like f- forget whether I've like washed my feet or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's like, uh, did I wash my feet? I don't know. What, what was I doing? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, me too, me too. Okay, so uh, just jump back a little bit uh, in terms of the the recording equipment. So we use we use uh, Google Docs to coordinate episode topics. Uh, in terms of mics and whatnot, I'm using a Tascam two by two and a PD mic uh, fifty eight. These are like recommendations from Marco Arman's massive microphone review, and I think they've worked out pretty well. Uh, we've also gotten some complaints over the episodes about the quality of audio of Sergio's audio. <laughs> oh, really? So yeah, so I've I've been told that uh, uh, for season two I need to get Sergio a better better mic. Oh, I didn't know you didn't tell me. Didn't. <laughs> what? I thought I told you. Okay, okay, maybe, maybe I, I forgot. Sorry. Maybe I didn't tell you. <laughs> maybe it was my fault. <laughs> or maybe I speak too too far away from the micro. Or, no, know, no. It's it, it's funny because when I when I import the audio, like uh, you know, my audio track will be 
I mean, you see the waveforms, right? And the waveforms for my audio track will be like, you know, very, very tiny. And the waveforms for your audio track are like ninety-eight percent the entire time. So the very so it's it's based. So the I think it's just it's a different type of mic. And uh, the first so the first thing I always have to do is I pump up my audio track and like pull down yours a little bit and like try and like make them balanced and not make mine too loud. So. Yeah. So, so you're using a like combined, it's a Sony combined audio interface and USB mic. So, right. I think it works but, pretty well. I, but I think we are amateurs. So I think that you have to start now with the season. It was not sense to buy a micro of $200 mm. if you don't really continue or whatever. No. So, but I like it. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And that, you know, it, it was an experiment. So, yeah. Yeah, so we, re- we record uh, separately over Skype. So we get two completely separate audio tracks. Then uh, I pull them together. Uh, I also record uh, both sides of the audio with uh, this uh, Piso uh, Mac app. So I record the Skype call. I use that recording of the Skype call to sync the two other audio tracks, then delete the Skype call recording. Some of the interesting things there, I'm using Audacity for all the audio editing. Uh, Audacity is a piece of open source software that I believe I used in college, and it certainly the interface hasn't changed since I was in college more than a decade ago. And it's it's funny because the first time you start it up, it's, it seems so old and so janky. But then as soon as you start working with audio, you realize that it's it's amazing. I mean... I'm using this 2015 MacBook that is not a particularly powerful computer, but Audacity has no trouble working with hour-long audio files. It can apply filters and normalizations. I mean, it can provide apply a normalization filter to an hour and a half of audio in like less than 10 seconds. It's incredibly smooth. It has great keyboard shortcut, like really natural keyboard shortcuts so that when you get in the flow of editing, uh, it's really smooth. And uh, it's an amazing piece of software. Uh, so then once the editing is complete, I uh, use iTunes to encode the MP3 file. And, uh, after I create the MP3 file, then I use Hugo, which is a static blogging engine to uh, create the show notes and the blog that we have I also have a special template in there to create the RSS feed that we need to publish to the iTunes directory and podcast directories. That took a little bit of work to get set up because the format of the RSS feed is very, very uh, specific, but it it works quite well. Then once the show notes are done and everything is edited, I upload the whole thing to uh, Amazon S3, where it just served as a static website. And uh, we're in the iTunes directory and where in Overcast and Overcast, for example, actually I think pulls us about once a minute. So usually almost as soon as I finish uploading the files, the uh, file is available in Overcast and people get a notification. Mm -hmm. And what about the domain? How did you get the .space domain? (laughs) Well, I really want to, I think that the podcast thing is that, you know, you should have a .fm domain, right? Because it kind of harks back to like FM radio and it's kind of like a radio show. But uh, .fm domains are really expensive, so, oh, oh. so and you know I don't want to be paying like sixty or seventy or eighty dollars like in perpetuity for a one-time experiment. So I uh, yeah. went with uh, .space, which is very very cheap, and uh, yeah, nice, nice, nice. I I think that the domains at the end uh, is something that you have to uh, invest a lot in them 
to make them grow because it doesn't matter if they are .com or .co or .spain or .whatever it's what you invest in them and you create a branch in the moment that you invest a lot of advertisement everybody knows the name because the name is cool in that moment it makes sense so for me to have .fm or .space is the same right now it's the same mm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I kind of like that space because it's a little bit funky and sort of goes with the whole like the funky colors and the funky name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the name Harajuku. <laughs> uh, by the way, when uh, when Overcast polls, oh, Overcast is uh, Marco Armand's iOS uh, podcast listening app. And when it polls our RSS feed, it includes actually in its uh, get request a uh, number of subscribers, number of Overcast subscribers. So... Uh, without any particular metrics in place, that's actually become a number that we've uh, kind of come to rely on is to give us a sense of how many people are actually listening. So in terms of number of people actually listening, uh, this is really interesting because we kind of, uh, we sort of hit a wall early on. So initially we uh, were just uh, giving the MP3 file directly to a few uh, super special preview listeners to give us a sense of wh whether we're doing this right at all. Uh, and once we started publishing it, you know, I posted it on my Facebook, Sergio, you posted it on your Facebook, we posted it on Twitter from our personal accounts. And then, and you know, we got, we got a number of subscribers and a number of hits there. I think I got maybe more click throughs, but I think you got us more actual subscribers. I, oh. I think because you have more friends that are <laughs> interested in the specific topics that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, they are engineers. Yeah. Uh, and then it was kind of, that was it. Like, you know, we had maybe 25 subscribers, but mm. it was, it was interesting to me because it was kind of the, it was the mm. limit of our immediate social network right there. And the question is, I think one thing I ran into a lot is that many people today still have this idea that uh, if you build it, they will come on the internet. And if you create something, as long as it's pretty good, it doesn't actually particularly need any promotion. People just naturally promote it. But I think what we're going for is we have this content that is actually really, really specific. Like of all my, for all the people that I'm connected to on Facebook, maybe only 1% of them or 2% of them will be interested in this content. But I think we have content that is broadly appealing to people with maybe an engineering background. So I, I think there are, I mean, I know, uh, there are some ex extremely big podcasts like Software Engineering Daily that have huge numbers of listeners. And I think we sort of, we are trying to create a podcast for the same market of people. But, you know, we only know a few of those people in our immediate circle of our immediate network. So it was very interesting to me that like we've, we've sort of immediately hit the, uh, hit the limit of our ability as individuals to promote something. Yeah, I, I think here is sometimes it happens with the kind of marketing and promotion is that when you make to the people think about something, the people they are going to kind of be more disruptive. In the case of that, you are telling them what to do. In that moment, they are more like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like what you do. So what I mean is that when you have a video, for example, in, in Facebook, that is a viral video that everybody watch, 
is because you don't have to think about. They are telling you, oh, this is amazing. And in the same video, there are letters telling you that that's amazing. And you believe that that's amazing. You don't think that if this is amazing. In our case, we are doing a podcast that is like, oh, we are telling you about this. We have an opinion, but you have also opinion. And this is not black and white. This is something that is, you, you can think with us, no? So that's completely different. That's, we are not gonna reach so many people until we are so strong and so unpolite or we are kind of focused in one sector of the people. We are radical. We are like, okay, we, our statement is so strong that the people, they are like complaining or accepting this mm -hmm. blindly. So that's, that's how it works. Right. Well, I mean, sites like Facebook run on engagement and content that is engaging and content that is engaging is intent is, is like emotionally intense content is engaging. So, yeah, I think the thing is we have, I think, interesting content, but we're not like sports rate or we're not like talk talk show like, oh, my God, kind of content. Yeah. It's it's yeah. not actually super, super controversial. So, yes. yeah. who knows, maybe second season. <laughs> <laughs> So after that, continuing the experimentation, uh, I started experimenting with promoting the podcast via different channels. And so I'd never used things like Google AdWords or ads on Facebook before. So that was definitely a learning experience. I think uh, I still had the idea that advertising online was cheap, uh, which it certainly is not. Uh, Google AdWords, like paying a dollar a click is not at all out of the question. It's a total, totally normal price for Google AdWords. Uh, so I tried Google AdWords. That was interesting because you can basically target on keywords. And unfortunately, what I really wanted to target on was people who listen to podcasts. Because ultimately, even if people were interested in a particular keyword, if they're not podcast listeners, they're never going to listen to the podcast. So that was sort of, it was an interesting experiment, but it wasn't particularly effective. The second thing I tried was uh, Facebook ads. So... <laughs> As, as somebody who's not a big fan of Facebook, I didn't did not want to immediately set up a Facebook page. Although actually, that was one of the early requests that came in was uh, we had a website, and then we also needed to eventually have a Twitter account and a Facebook page. And actually, we probably should have had all of those things from the from day one. So we created a Facebook page, and that was actually much more successful. Uh, Facebook has very very good ability to target people based on specific interests. So uh, when we would try promoting specific posts or promoting the podcast itself to, uh, for example, software engineers with an interest in podcasts, it was actually much more effective. And we actually started to get people uh, engaging with the page who were not people that we knew directly. So that was pretty effective. But then I decided to go big, and <laughs> Marco Arment recently started offering podcast ads within Overcast, the podcast player that he makes. And they immediately sold out, uh, which suggested to me that they were probably underpriced for what he was offering. So even though the podcast ads were relatively expensive, I definitely wanted to try it. And that has by far been the most successful way of getting new listeners. So as of today, we, we tried one uh, one month ad in Overcast, and just a very generic ad. And I, I believe the numbers quoted on the site were that you could get uh, 100 to 150 uh, subscribers in Overcast. And given the specific nature of our content, I wasn't particularly hopeful because uh, it is a pretty weird podcast with a pretty weird title and some pretty specific content. But actually, we're up to 117 subscribers as of today. So thank you, everyone, for listening. 
and uh, please don't unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was that was uh, what we learned about promoting the podcasts. How much did you pay at the end for total? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to say. I don't even know. It, it was okay. a it was a valuable experiment. It, it was one okay. of these things where like sometimes you have to spend a little bit of money to try something new, and if you don't ever spend that bit of money, you'll never know what it was like. Yeah. I agree. Is is the same like when you buy a new laptop, for example, because you want to test uh, one operative system, or you buy a, a mobile, a smartphone with uh, I don't know another distribution, or you want to just break it. Or I understand when you want to invest in something. Yeah, it's, it's expensive. Yeah, like I mean the Google AdWords, those were I think a total bust, uh, and I think I may, might have spent like fifty dollars on that, but you know it was it was totally worth it because. Yeah, I I know so much more about what it's actually to like like to use Google AdWords now than I knew before. How how to write Google ads, how to how keywords are targeted, what what your options are for keywords, how campaigns work, how they're built, all all sorts of things that uh, I didn't have any experience with before. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, so so far the uh, the overcast ad though has been by far the most effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so finally, uh, I would say you know we started this as an experiment about two months ago. And for me, it was actually, it was incredibly successful. So uh, I got to know Sergio a lot better. I got to explore some interesting topics. Uh, I got to learn all about the process of podcasting. I got a little bit more confident with speaking publicly. I got more comfortable with my own voice. So now I no longer think that I sound completely awful when I'm being recorded. And I, uh, as I mentioned before, I got to actually uh, create something with the technology that I have around me. So I, w- I would say uh, altogether, for me, it was a giant success. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that for me also, but for me, what they can say is that one day you came to me and you said, oh, Sergio, let's record a podcast. And I was like, okay, why not? <laughs> no, <is> that, <laughs> I, I, I didn't think it twice. I, I just make it and you don't have to think it twice because if not, you are going to get afraid and say, oh, so many people there listen to me. I'm not very good with communication. Uh, but I think you engage me, not to say something about something I knew, not technology. And and I think it has been a, a very good experiment. Uh, I think that I would have liked to to kind of talk more about international things, no? because we have more mm-hmm. knowledge about that area. Maybe we did it too technical, but I think that it, we realize no? how difficult it is to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. y- you, you can try to do it, but you don't do it. Because um, when you start and you are talking, this is something that is very dynamic. You know, even you have the agenda, you are gonna change the topic. You are gonna jump from one place mm. to another. And uh, from my point of view, it's like, okay, maybe you want to talk more about the international, but um, you can explain the anecdote. But we haven't done. We haven't done. Maybe that's something that the the people who is listening can give feedback about that. No, and say, oh, mm. we would like to listen about and to use our channels, no, Twitter, Facebook, uh, to our mails, wherever, and contact us and do that. But but I think that I learned, no, that one thing is what you want. Another thing is that we you finish doing, no, you want five minutes, you do one hour. You want to talk about international things, you finish to, to talk about what we have done, no, or, or or experience, because we can talk more about. And we realize, no, that to prepare all this content is very 
very time, no? Is to prepare all and to know mm. what you are going to talk and don't say something too stupid. So yeah, I, I think I, I learned a lot about that, no? To take, to take the challenge and to finish the challenge, no? And every week be here like, okay, if, if I am sick, no? But uh, <laughs> if I am not sick to be here and to try to do this and okay, you do 10 chapters and you learn from that information, you do the next season, no? And, Let's continue no, on that. And, and I think that you learn for the podcast, but you learn for so many other things for your life. Mm -hmm. no? You get more confidence. You, you, you interact with more people. The people listen to you. And I, I think that's, that's very nice. No? I, I'm really happy. Yeah, that's one thing I was talking about with another friend is this idea of sort of self-confidence and, you know, people, what, what, one thing that is kind of uh, dangerous that people get into is they, they get all of their self-confidence and their, their feelings of self-worth self, self -worth from one particular aspect of their life. So maybe for them, like all their self-worth self is tied up in their job, or maybe all of their self-worth is tied up in one specific relationship with one person. And what you really want to do is you want to have like an investing strategy for self self-worth where you know you get some self-worth from like this one activity that you do this hobby of yours and some from your job and some from your relationships but you're not entirely dependent on one thing for all your feelings of self-worth and for me yeah definitely starting the podcast uh it was uh I've, I've <laughs> it was definitely a good feeling of self-worth for me nice by the way, uh, speaking of listeners, uh, we did get, uh, I want to thank everybody who listened to us even for a little bit because I, it was, there was nothing more flattering than like meeting somebody at an event and so, having somebody tell me that, you know, even though they didn't understand everything on the podcast, that they actually listened to it. I mean, even if they listened for like five or 10 minutes, it's like, wow, you spent five or 10 minutes of your life dedicated to listening to our voices. That is incredibly flattering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, we thank you so much. And uh, we also last week we got a really really flattering comment from uh, Kei Taro Kobayashi San. So thank you so much for that comment on Twitter, and uh, we really appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Okay. So I think that's it for season one. So thank you yeah. again, everybody, and hopefully we'll see you back in a few weeks for season two. So like, subscribe, and share on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, all your other social media. Okay. See you. Bye bye.